Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. The UAW strike spreads to Mack Trucks. Canadian auto workers strike at GM, then settle a day later. Hollywood writers overwhelmingly approve a new contract. And today on the show, hearing loss in the construction industry and Ask Me Local 2406 in Oklahoma. Welcome to the Wednesday, October 11th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today. Our first is a newcomer by the name of Travis Parsons. Travis serves as Director of Occupational Safety and Health for our presenting sponsor, LIUNA, Labor's International Health and Safety Fund of North America. He has over 25 years of experience in the field of safety and health, and he has become a prominent figure in ensuring the well-being of workers and promoting safety across diverse industries. For the past 20 years, Travis has been a valuable member of the Labor's Health and Safety Fund of North America, where he plays a pivotal role in delivering a comprehensive range of safety and health services to signatory contractors and affiliates of LIUNA, for projects spanning the U.S. and Canada. His expertise includes worker safety and health, infection control, industrial hygiene, hazard awareness and correction, ergonomics, and overall job site safety. Now, while he primarily focuses on the construction industry and worker safety, his experience also encompasses general industry, public employee safety and worker training he holds a bachelor's degree in exercise physiology and a master's in occupational health and safety both from uh, west virginia university the reason we're having him on and i mean there are many but this month is protect your hearing month why is it so important for construction workers to protect their hearing. Well, Travis says, you only got one set of ears. And once you lost your hearing, you can't get it back. Most people don't feel any warning signs like pain or ringing in your ears until the hearing is already damaged. And you, if you think your ears can just get used to the noise, think again. If loud noises don't bother you as much as they used to, well, that means you have already lost some of your hearing. And construction workers, well, they are among the most at-risk professions for noise-induced hearing loss. In fact, during a NIOSH testing, NIOSH is the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. During that recent testing, 25% of participating construction workers had a hearing impairment to a level that affected their day-to-day activities. And according to NIOSH, 22 million workers 
are exposed to hazardous noise each and every year. So we'll discuss the numbers. We'll talk about America's construction workforce. Are we protected? Are we protected from hazardous noise on the job? Why or why not? And what are some of the recommendations for preventing hearing loss? I, for one, am suffering from hearing loss. It's got nothing to do with construction. It's got everything to do with headphones, being in broadcasting and now podcasting for 50-plus years. Well, you get some hearing loss. Many in the music industry suffer the same thing. Bruce Davis will be joining us later in the show on behalf of AFSME Local 2406. They're based in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. AFSME, of course, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. Website is AFSME2406.com. This is a great story. Bruce, by the way, is president of that local. And uh, you may recall, it was about maybe a month or maybe two months ago when 30,000 truck drivers from Yellow Freight got laid off. The company declared bankruptcy. Well, when that happened, local 2406 members stepped up to initiate and implement a career fair for the drivers who had been represented by Teamsters Local 866. Well, the city of Oklahoma City extended 80 job offers to former yellow freight drivers. Bruce, who is president of Local 2406, said the career fair helped the city fill understaffed driver jobs across several departments that require commercial driver's licenses like streets, animal welfare, utilities, public works, and parks. And he said the city actually got a lot more out of it. They were able to fill these positions with our qualified union siblings in the Teamsters, who are already certified. Great story. Great story. A little background on Bruce. He is uh, entering his second term as president of Local 2406. As president over the last five years, Bruce has been instrumental in ensuring the visibility of the union in the community. Some of the activities have included providing lunch for the teachers during their walkout, preparing and serving dinner, to the Salvation Army Red Diner, providing food to kids and teachers at Martin Luther King Elementary School's end-of-year festivities, and with the help of city employees, they provided over 500 turkey baskets to those in need for Thanksgiving and over 300 bikes for kids for Christmas. Great stuff. Great stuff. This is this is what unions do so many times, and they just don't get the accolades for it. And that's why we talk about it on America's Workforce. Now, a brief look into the world of labor. The segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. After voting by 73% to reject a tentative agreement, Nearly 4,000 UAW members at Mack Trucks in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida walked out on strike on Monday. Sean Fain, president of the UAW, said, I'm inspired to see UAW members at Mack Trucks holding out for a better deal and ready to stand up and walk off the job to win it. The members have the final say, and it's their solidarity and organization that will win a fair contract at Mack. Well, 
After weeks of failing to address core economic issues, the company reached a tentative agreement with just minutes to spare before the initial deadline. That was October 1. Well, fast forward to this past Sunday, October 8th, Mack Trucks UAW members, well, they voted down the deal, as I indicated, by 73%. UAW leadership then issued a strike notice to the company citing many topics that still remain, including wage increases, cost of living allowances, job security, wage progression, skilled trades, shift premium, holiday schedules, work schedules, health and safety, seniority, pension, 401ks, health care, and prescription drug coverage along with overtime. So here's the uh, locals affected, 171, 677, 1241, 2301, and 2420. This is in UAW Region 8 and Region 9, representing workers at Mack Trucks in Macoongie and Middletown, Pennsylvania, Hagerstown and Baltimore, Maryland, and Jacksonville, Florida. The Mack Truck Strikers bring the total number of striking UAW members to over 30,000, and that's across 22 states. Now let's go to uh, Canada here for a moment. General Motors and the union representing Canadian auto workers reached a tentative agreement, contract agreement, yesterday, ending a strike that began just after midnight. So the strike went for one day. About 4,300 striking workers at two GM factories and a parts warehouse returned to work yesterday afternoon, and they will vote on a three-year deal later this week. Lana Payne, president of the Unifor Union, said that when faced with the strike, GM had no choice but to follow a pattern agreement, which was reached earlier with Ford. She says the deal includes... All items that the company had initially fought for us, such as pensions, retiree income supports, and converting full-time temp workers into permanent employees over the life of the agreement. So good news there. Also a good news for Hollywood writers. They have overwhelmingly ratified a new contract with production studios with 99% of Writers Guild of America members voting yes. Contract includes wage and benefits increases as well as unprecedented limits on the use of artificial intelligence. Now, while the SAG-AFTRA actor strike is still going on, the end of the writer's strike will mean a return to normalcy for late-night talk shows. The WGA has said it won't forget the striking actors, and urge its members to continue walking sag after picket lines in solidarity. It's my understanding they're making some progress in that uh, sag after situation. And uh, Kaiser Permanente workers who ended the largest health care strike in United States history, that was on Friday, are resuming bargaining this week. Julie Sue, the acting labor secretary, who helped West Coast dock workers reach a contract some months ago, has been mediating talks between Kaiser and the coalition of unions that represent those workers. However, union leaders have warned of a longer, stronger strike in the near future if 
the company bargains in bad faith or commits unfair labor practices. Key issues at the bargaining table include staffing levels and wage increases for healthcare workers who say their sacrifices during the pandemic should be rewarded. We're talking over 75,000 workers. They uh, struck for three days last week. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, Travis Parsons will be joining us from our presenting sponsor, Labors International, where he serves as director of the Health and Safety Fund. All because this is Protect Your Hearing Month. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at uaw.org. Hey, this is Sean McGarvey, and I'm president of North America's Building Trades Unions, and I'm a proud listener of America's Workforce. I love this podcast. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter or X. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. Let's go to Washington, D.C. right now and welcome Travis Parsons to the show. Travis serves as Director of Occupational Safety and Health for the Labors. Lyuna, our presenting sponsor, the Labors Health and Safety Fund of North America. And the website, I neglected to mention the website at the top of the show, is LHSFNA. Dot O-R-G. Let me repeat that. L-H-S-F-N-A dot O-R-G. 
And Travis has uh, over two decades of experience in the field of safety and health. He joined Layuna in 2002. Travis, welcome to the show. I have to ask you right offhand here, you know, getting involved in this line of work, I would imagine, I don't know, maybe was there a catalyst? Was there someone in your family? You figured, no, you know what? We got to do a better job on, on safety, especially when it comes to uh, construction workers. And today we're going to focus on hearing loss. But uh, I know your background is in exercise physiology and occupational health. I'm going to let you pick it up from there. And uh, I guess you went, what is it, West Virginia University? That's where it all began? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, actually, when I throughout my undergrad years and after finishing my undergrad, I worked in uh, physical therapy uh, in the water. So I was a certified aquatic therapist. So I was working on spinal cord injuries, brain injuries, ortho, you know, trying to fix people after they got broken. So basically, uh, while I was working there, I knew I wanted to get a master's degree in something. So I, I was, got into the safety world because of that. So I wanted to go into prevention instead of fixing people when they were broken. So I thought I could have a bigger impact and affect more people by going into prevention. That's what led me down the safety track. Good, good, good. So how's the uh, role at Lyuna been working out for you? Oh, it's been excellent. Uh, you know, I, I call myself, uh, I got very lucky to come to work for Lyuna. Um, what we do every day is, is very rewarding. We, all we do is help people. And my role here is in health and safety with the Labor's Union, that's what I do. I help I help workers. I help our members. I also help our contractors. And then I work with people to get better protections on the job. That's great to hear. I love that. I mean, it makes you feel good that you're helping people, making a difference in their lives. It's so important. Well, let's zero in on hearing loss because this month, the month of October, is Protect Your Hearing Month. And you think about all the noise on the job when it comes to construction yeah. that that's got to play a toll, you know, down the road here. So maybe, and I read some numbers. I like to hear from you. I mean, it's, it's, what is it? 25% 20. So one out of four construction workers said some kind of hearing loss. Can you pick up on that? Yeah. So a lot of people take it for granted and unfortunately they don't do anything about the hearing until it's gone. So, yeah, one in four workers out there in construction are affected. And the, what, the way the stat works is it affects their daily lives, you know, talking to their loved ones, able to hear other people during conversation, affecting their health. So, yeah, one in four. And altogether, this is according to the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, 22 million workers are exposed to hazardous noise each year. Now, how do you define hazardous noise? I mean, there's, I know noise is rated on decibels. Can you give us some yeah. numbers on that? Yeah. So anything, uh, NIOSH, uh, you mentioned earlier, describes anything basically above 80, 85 can be harmful to your ears and maybe even before that. But, you know, once it starts getting above 85 is really the number. That's what I, I call the trigger. And uh, if, if you're exposed to noise levels consistently for, hours on end, um, over 85, it's a problem. So it takes a toll over a year. How many years does it take to build up to the point where you're, you're losing your hearing? Uh, for, you know, for those levels, uh, you know, it takes a, a career 15, 20 years, 17, 18 years. Uh, but then if you're exposed to the really high impact noise, which I'd say is above a hundred, you know, you, you're, if you're around jets or high impact hammers, you could get up to 120, 140 dBs. It doesn't take much time at all in those situations. But over a construction worker's career, you know, it's where it's above 85, 90 to 100. 
you know, it takes, uh, it's, a, it's a chronic disease most of the time. And once you lose your hearing, you can't get it back, can you? Exactly, exactly. The way your hearing works uh, is you have these little hair cells in your inner ear, and basically when they get beat up, I call it, they get fatigued, they lay down, and they come back up. They lay down, they come back. Eventually, they break off. Once those hair cells break off, you can't replace them. Even mm -hmm. when people get hearing aids, they're just they're just um, multiplying what they've got left. They're not fixing the problem. Okay, let's talk about ringing in the ear. And, and I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. It has nothing to do with construction. It has to do with headphones, concerts. I mean, there's I was you sit next to those you know 15, 20 inch speakers at concerts over the years, and I've got a long history when it comes to uh, rock and roll radio and then the headphones on top of that. And I like them loud because I can't hear. And then you get the ringing in the ears. Now, when you hear the ringing in the ears, is that like the first stage of hearing loss? Yes. That's called tinnitus. And I think everybody experiences it sometime in their life, but some people more than others, people like yourself and in radio industry, rock concerts, uh, construction workers hear a lot more of tinnitus uh, throughout their life. And it is, I think that's the body's, I would call it the body's first response to tell you something's up. Something's going on with your hearing. So when you hear that, that, that is you losing your hearing slowly. Okay. What, what do you do at that stage then if you're hearing that ringing in the ears? That's when you start to think about it. And like I said, people, usually that's when people start reacting like, oh, you know, because it's uncomfortable. It's weird. Uh, uh, you know, so they th start thinking, oh, maybe I should do something. So if you're a construction worker, uh, if, you don't, if you're not already in a program, you know, start wearing your hearing protection, bring up to your uh, employer, your supervisor, hey, uh, I've got some things going on with my ears. Should we take a look at our job and see what our levels are, uh, implement a hearing conservation program, if there isn't one already in place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you do get used to it, but there's sometimes that ringing is awfully loud. Oh, my God, it's so yeah. distracting. How are you doing with all this? Are you suffering any of this? I mean, you've been working with these construction workers. Has, has, the, has any of this happened to you yet? Not really. A little bit here and there, but I, I'm, I'm 46 years old, and I get a little bit of tinnitus every now and then. But I would say my exposure is much like yours off the job. Uh, mm -hmm. I like rock concerts as well, and I am... Uh, from West Virginia, I've been around some loud noises uh, throughout my life. So yeah, I'd say it's more off-the-job exposures for me. Um, I do have some, but, I, you know, obviously I'm the safety guy when I get on a job, so I protect myself when I walk on the job. Okay, now let, let's talk outside of construction here because I know a lot of people in the trades, they, they like to hunt, and sometimes they go to a range, and you see the headphones and all that, but shooting firearms how how bad is that for when it comes to hearing loss yes um, so that's what i would call one of those impact noises that i talked about earlier so you absolutely should protect your ears when you're at the range or when you're hunting um, that is off the job exposures it's just as important to protect yourself off the job as it is on the job uh, we call that total worker health um, you know even if you're mowing the grass uh, that's pretty loud noise so, you know, it's really important for workers to understand that off-the-job exposures are uh, very important to protect themselves as well. Well, a lot of times in a range, they, they have those headphones. Now, are those adequate when you're, when you're at a range? Do, do, do they help you, or are they not good enough? Yeah, they, they definitely help. The best protection out there is, is um, when it comes to PPE, personal protective equipment, is the molded earplugs. If you put them on correctly, and there's a certain way to put them on, it's on the box, uh, how to put them on. You pull your ear and put them in your ear canal. The best mm -hmm. protection I would recommend is those in addition to headphones or earmuffs. 
Uh, but earmuffs definitely offer a level of protection. We're speaking with uh, Travis Parsons. Travis is the Director of Occupational Safety and Health for the Labor's Health and Safety Fund of North America. Website, again, is lhsfna.org. Travis, I want to talk about what you do for the Labor's Health and Safety Fund of North America. Is Are you kind of in a, a teaching role? I mean, what, what's your job entail? Do you go to various locals and talk to uh, our brothers and sisters in construction? Can you explain that part to us? Yeah, so I'd like to divide it into three silos. Um, so I'm based out of Washington, D.C. I cover the United States and Canada, and I look out for everything under the sun that has to do with worker safety. Uh, one silo is worker advocacy. So here in D.C., I work on um, better protections for workers, working with federal agencies, like everybody thinks about OSHA, the EPA, Federal Highway. So we try to get better protections on the job, so a lot of worker advocacy. And then the, the next silo is on the job, uh, working with our contractors and our members out there, actually, you know, boots on the ground. I visit job sites, walk the job, look for hazards, help the contractors get better, helping uh, increase their safety performance on the job. And then the third thing I do is worker safety and health training. Do a lot of training. Uh, you've probably heard of maybe a tailgate or a toolbox talk on a job or worker training formalized in a classroom like the OSHA training, the OSHA 10s and 30 hours. So those are the three silos that include my job. Travis, let me ask you, has your audience, I mean, you go around the country talking about hearing loss and how to prevent it. Has, there, has your audience been pretty receptive to, uh, to what you're saying, to what you're, what you're talking about here? Uh, yes and no. I mean, when you, you know, there's different ways to get their attention. And uh, as I said earlier, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't do anything until it's already affecting them or it's not too late, but until they start to, experience hearing loss those people absolutely um but you know losing your hearing really affects your whole life and it's also been proven to be unfortunately connected to cardiovascular disease raises your blood pressure affects your heart there's more and more research that we're learning about hearing loss that affects your your overall health i want to pick up on that travis parsons joining us on our live line today and again he is the director of occupational safety and health for labor's health and safety fund of north america we'll continue with him bruce davis will be joining us later in the show on behalf of AFSME local 2406 great story here it's about the uh, yellow freight drivers who lost their jobs due to bankruptcy and what his union did started a job fair and hired at least 80 of them. We'll talk to him about that and more. Back in a few minutes. Once again, you're listening to America's Workforce. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrens. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A.org. The Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight iron worker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great iron worker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. 
So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at USW.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrets with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. Before we uh, rejoin Travis Parsons here on behalf of uh, Labor's International, just want to mention that the long-awaited memorial, and I tell you, they've been working on this for years, the long-awaited memorial for the victims of the 1911 Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire opened today. At the site of the disaster, this is in Greenwich Village, New York City, the tragic deaths of 146 people, almost all of them young immigrant women, reverberated in the American consciousness and led to the transformation of labor law. This was during FDR's administration. There's a lot on the web about what happened at that fire and the emergence of Francis Perkins, who witnessed the fire and later became the Secretary of Labor for FDR. She, she devoted her entire life to helping workers. And I'll tell you, you know, we've come a long way. And I got to thank the Nation magazine. They posted a story on this yesterday. The lessons from this period for labor and progressives continue to resonate in our current political climate. Some garment workers in California still make as little as a buck fifty-eight an hour, while employers spend over four hundred million dollars a year to bust unions. Like I said, we got a long way to go. But uh, congratulations to all those who worked on that memorial for victims of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, open today in New York City. Let's go back to our live line. Rejoin Travis Parsons, Director of Occupational Safety and Health for Labor's Health and Safety Fund of North America. Travis, did you uh, did you ever read about uh, what happened on that day in 1911, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire? Absolutely. Unfortunately, that's one of the what I would call landmark incidents that led to my profession as an occupational safety and health professional. You know, incidents like that in our country were very unfortunate and. It's, it's why we need better protections for workers, and we need to do our due diligence every single day. Yeah, it's so sad that something like that had to happen, but I, I don't know if it's human nature, but it's uh, so so many people wait until the accident in order to actually do something. A good example here, East Palestine, Ohio, with that train derailment in February, and now they're looking at rail safety, 
And if you if you if you look into the numbers, there's a lot of train derailments. They're happening every day in America, and the the rail companies are making a whole lot of money and not investing in the structure of our rail system. Yeah, that that incident uh, this, just earlier this year really opened up a Pandora's box on exposure. How many derailments there are every single day? I agree with you 100. percent And even as a safety and health professional, I don't really work a whole lot on the rails. But I didn't know that fact either. So really, I mean, we need to be more proactive. Travis, if you don't mind, I know you have a background in occupational safety and health. What are you hearing about cuts to OSHA? I know there's some in Washington, some conservatives that like to chop it down. Some want to eliminate altogether. Uh, what What's the latest on that, to your knowledge? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. You know, OSHA's chronically underfunded. It's a small agency that has a big job to do for our entire country. And you know, they're underfunded to start with. They, you know, they don't really follow inflation very well. So, yeah, I think that's very short-sighted. Um, OSHA is the watchdog for all industries, including construction, to protect workers. And it's the law. So we need to fund it to protect workers out there. So, yes, it's underfunded and there should be no cuts. Absolutely. It needs to be elevated, if anything. Uh, let's talk. Let's get back into hearing loss here. And uh, again, this month is Protect Your Hearing Month, and we're trying to get the word out, especially to construction workers. Here's the numbers. 25% of participating construction workers had hearing impairment to a level that affected their day-to-day activities. And according to the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, 22 million workers are exposed to hazardous noise each and every year. Now, in the uh, the first segment that you and I talked about, you brought up about the long-term effects of noise exposure. And this is uh, coming from relatively new data. Can you uh, expand on that? What's going on here? Yeah, there, there's, uh, you know, the, the, those stats you just mentioned are the immediate effects of so the physical effects on the body. So there's a lot of data and research happening right now. And there was actually just an article in New York Times recently um, about how the long-term effects on excessive noise levels that are associated with increased fatigue, stress, and elevated blood pressure. And then what that can lead to long-term is cardiac problems, uh, heart attacks, effects on your, your neurosystem. So they're really studying the long-term effects of noise, and that's everyday noise, not just construction noise. That's, that's exposure to traffic. Uh, where you live matters. If you live near a city, if it's noisier in a city, so it's really noise exposure all, overall, and unfortunately, they are tying it to cardiovascular disease. So is the noise creating like a higher stress level that's leading to, like you mentioned, elevated blood pressure, fatigue, and stuff like that? Exactly. 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 Um, they say for every increase um, in 10 dBs, uh, that doesn't sound like much, but in the world of noise, that's a lot. Um you have 3% or 2.9% increase in cardiovascular disease risk. So for every 10 dBs from 80 to 90, 90 to 100, that risk goes up 3% each time. So you can imagine that compounds itself as the risk goes up. Now, when we talk about the trades, now you're in a profession probably, well, at least 30, some are 40, 45 years so that that takes a toll on your body in so many different ways but focusing on loss of hearing there's some numbers on this like like for instance after 10 after 20 after 30 years on the job can you elaborate on that travis 
Yeah, so they say after 16 to 25 years on a job, the research shows from workers' comp data that uh, you basically have the hearing of a somebody 20 years older than you. So, for example, somebody that's worked over, you know, about 20 years in the, in the trade, if they're 40 years old at the time, they have the hearing of a 60-year-old man or woman. Um, amazing. Okay, now let's talk about protecting your hearing, especially off the job. Um, there's some recommendations from the health and safety fund on what, uh, well, especially what Liuna members should do as far as getting tested. Can you, uh, explain what needs to be done? Cause we, uh, you know, Liuna is our presenting sponsor. We got a lot of laborers to listen to this show. So I know they're listening closely right now. So this is your, this is your opportunity to help them out. Go ahead. Yeah, so that's called a baseline test. And a lot of workers just don't get it unless a contractor did it or they're on a job that required it. So everybody's hearing is different, just like anything else in life. You know, when it comes to our health, everybody's got different tolerances and their body reacts differently. But what that's called is you, you don't know if you've lost your hearing unless you have a baseline test or a baseline exam. Every construction worker, in my opinion, should have a baseline test before they go to work. And that's how they can tell if you had what they call a threshold shift or a hearing loss because of work. And a lot of workers just don't have that baseline test. So if you don't have it, go get it. And uh, that's a way to know if, you, if you've lost hearing or, and, and you, know, you get to start somewhere. So once you have the baseline test, how often should you be tested after that? Periodically throughout your career, and especially if you know you have loud ex- exposures to noise. And there's a lot of factors that go into that, whether you had hearing protection on a job, whether it was provided, whether you wore it. Um, but, yeah, I would say the straightforward answer periodically, especially if you know you have noise exposures on the job. All right, Travis. Well, I'll tell you, I think uh, we all learned a lot today by bringing you to the broadcast and the podcast today. Travis Parsons, Labor's Health and Safety Fund of North America, where he serves as Director of Occupational Safety and Health. I think we covered everything here. Is there anything else that uh, you would like to add as, as we button it up here? One, uh, I guess a couple things um, is one easy measure to if you're overexposed on a job is if, if you're what they call it an arm's length roar, typically your arm is about three foot long, give or take, depending on who you are. But if your arm's length are three foot apart and you have to speak up and yell like I just did, mm-hmm. the, the, the noise is too loud. Okay, good advice so that's, there. That's a, a rule of thumb. So, yeah, they call it the three foot roar, an arm's length rule. If you had to raise your voice and it's too loud. I deal with that with my wife all the time. (laughs) 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 All right, Travis, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on America's Workforce. And here's a website I want to drive you to. It's lhsfna.org. And that is the Labor's Health and Safety Fund of North America. You can also check them out on Facebook and on Twitter as well, L-H-S-F-N-A. Travis, been a pleasure. Take care and stay in touch with us on this issue, okay, brother? All right, thank you. Been a pleasure here, too. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Bruce Davis is the president of AFSME Local 2406 out of Oklahoma City. He's coming up next. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Liuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Liuna, the Laborers International Union of North America. 
delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The heat and frost insulators and allied workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. Hi, this is Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, and I am a huge fan of Flash and America's Workforce Radio and Podcast. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, Canada and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter or X. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Let's go to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma right now. Joining us on our live line is Bruce Davis. Bruce is president of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. That would be local 2406. Website, real simple, AFSME2406.com. Bruce is entering his second term as president of that local, and uh, he provides union representation for over 1,200 Oklahoma City employees, but not always a union member. For 26 years, he worked for Lucent Technologies. Bruce, thanks for joining us today. And I'll tell you, you are one of many that had to change careers because a plant, and we've seen this as so many manufacturing plants, decided to close so suddenly, and uh, you're out of work. Let's uh, let's talk about that time and how AFSME changed your life. Go ahead, Bruce. Well, I worked at uh, Lucent. Is is the is what is is what is known of, but it started out as AT and T uh, Western Electric. Over the years, the name changed, but it's always the same uh, company. I was went went straight out of high school to work for there from uh, at the plant there. So I spent. Pretty much of my young adult life uh, working in manufacturing there and a law union member. I was a member of the union there for the for the uh, 26 years I was there. And out of 26 years, 20 of those years, I worked in the union as a union steward on different levels of the union in, in that area. But, yes, uh, we woke up one morning and uh, they had a meeting and told us we were no longer in business. And here I go from... From making 
decent wages to making zero wages. And so my whole life changes, raising a family, three sons, and, and you know, your whole life changes because one thing happens when your plant shut down, bills keep coming in, and, and everybody keep requiring the same thing out of you, but you have no income. And so I had to regroup and resettle and and uh, go out and try to find another career. And, and through the years, I was able to gain employee with the city of Oklahoma City, worked there for about six years, ran for a, a local union president and won it. And, and I'm in, that's where I reside now as union president of the city employees of Oklahoma City. Well, congratulations to you on, on finding the, the new employment there and becoming a union president. Well, at least you had some protections there at, at Lucent Technologies. And I remember uh, AT&T was a force. And uh, like like many, like many in manufacturing and production, oh, my God, we've seen so many jobs just disappear, go to Mexico, go to China. But I'll tell you, it sounds like you've got a pretty good unit there, 1,200 Oklahoma City employees. Uh, how do you like being president over there, Bruce? Well, you know what? Uh, being a president is kind of like being a priest. Uh, uh, you know, you deal with multiple problems, and everybody's problems is different than each other. So, uh, you know, I, it's the wards are great because I'm here to help and make sure we keep our wages, our benefits, and and all the other things that uh, that the contract allows to have. But yet, you know, you it's, it's a love and hate relationship. Some yeah. some people just love to to down and kill the unions, and but pretty much of uh, my membership and uh, and the uh, city workers are all union, pro union people, and so I love it because I love serving. That that is my whole life. I spend my whole life in trying to serve and and give back to to society, which gave me a whole lot. And and what I mean by a whole lot. Taught me to come from high school, from you know, from a property. I was living at property level or below when I was living at home. But over a one paycheck, I went from property level to uh, middle class wages, and and that was just a life shocker to me. And and I've been able to stay in the middle class lifestyle from that point on. And so I'm grateful to the unions and the uh, and the wages they provide us and the benefits. I just believe that uh, wages are important. But just most important that the union provides is the uh, is the uh, 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 benefits such as our insurance and stuff like that. Because I do believe that union workers has a 10 to 15 year uh, lifespan of healthier life living than non-union workers, just because we're able to get annual checkups and get medicine and get things that we don't have to pay out of our pocket for. That the uh, that the average person with our non-union job would have to pay for. So, I just believe that the union is 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 far well worth it than than a non-union job. Yeah, and you can bet the non-union auto workers are watching what's going on with the UAW. Their 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 minds got to be blown right now with what Sean Fain is doing. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see some good results here in the next couple of weeks. Okay, let let's talk about you. You know, you're proud to be with the American yeah. Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. And I know the Teamsters over there in Oklahoma City are real happy with what you've been able to uh, lay out for them with this job fair. And this all has to do with the uh, the drivers, and there were a lot of them, that yeah. lost their jobs when uh, Yellow Freight shut down. So talk to me about that, Bruce. Okay, well, when we when we heard that Yellow Freight uh, uh, 
you know, shut down and filed bankruptcy, whatever, for whatever reason they went out of business. Uh, a couple of days later, I, I reached out to my uh, personnel department in HR of the city of Oklahoma City and, and was asking them, you know, we, got, we had a lot of job openings, and like many organizations, we was hard to find people who wants to work now. And so uh, we knew Yellow Freight drivers, all of them, most of them carried CDL licenses. And we had quite a few CDL jobs opening. And so I approached the uh, I, uh, hiring department here in the city and talked to them about these are, the, these are the guys that we need to reach out to, young ladies too. And because uh, one thing we get from the, from the Yellow Freight drivers and the teamsters is we get loyalty. We get guys who, who know how to work independently, mm -hmm. able to be where they're supposed to be on time and do the things they're supposed to be without a whole lot of direction. So I thought that would be a good fit for uh, an apartment with the city of Oklahoma City. And so we was able to uh, we was able to uh, secure that. And so I reached out to the local president there, and, and we went over there, and uh, we, we, ended, we talked to the guys. We had a little uh, meeting with them and asked them to provide lunch for all the uh, yellow freight drivers who lost their jobs, and we sat down and talked to them. Uh, the benefits, the pros and cons of coming working for uh, for OKC, and what we was able to do in that manner. If you know that hiring process, especially in municipalities and some government jobs, it's a six to nine week process. By the time they process you in, you either found other employment, you're no you're no longer interested. But through the job fair, through negotiations with the uh, with the union and the city of Oklahoma City, we we have a deal that we call a job fair. When we do job fairs, that means on that day, within three hours, you would have a starting date with the city. So what we do on the job fairs, we inter they interview you, they would uh, uh, they interview you, they would uh, uh, drug test you, give you physical, and run a background check. And by the end of those four deals, within three hours, you would you would walk out the building with a starting date, and most starting dates is within the next pay period of coming to work for the city. So we took a six- to nine-week process and narrowed it down to three hours. <laughs> so what normally took almost three months, you did in three hours. How the heck did you do, do that? <laughs> that? You know, you have, you have to take that to the VA. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> because they have a very cumbersome, they got like 50,000 vacancies at the Veterans yeah. Administration, and, and it's a very cumbersome process. We talked with our brothers over at uh, American Federation of Government Employees that represent the VA workers, yeah. and uh, they're having a hard time. But uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, but well, now, well, how we got there was the city uh, came to me because they asked me, you know, normally the city employment don't like to match up with unions when they're doing any hiring. They want us out of the hiring process. But they came to me and says, uh, what, what, can, what could you do to help us? find employment to come for people to come and work for the city because we're in dire straits, especially around the COVID. And so I suggested on the hiring deal, and they said, well, there's no way we can get around that. I said, you controlled it. You you, you controlled the physicals. You controlled the, uh, the drug tests. You controlled the interviews. You controlled it all. So why don't you just bring it all in-house and do it all in one day instead of having someone coming in there every three weeks. They got to go set up an apartment somewhere else off-site. And so they thought about it, they thought about it, and they came back to me, and uh, we was able to pull that process off. And, and this is probably we into our sixth or seventh hiring event. We, matter of fact, we're going to have one this Thursday. 
And what I, like I said, what I like about it is people can come in and walk out within three hours with a starting date uh, of, of coming on with the uh, with the OKC and. And so we we have reached, we even took our program down to local high schools last year, where we bring all local high schools to one location. We bring the kids from high school, senior graduates from high school, they're not going to go to college or the military, who wants to work in the middle class. We're able to bring them to work with the city of Oklahoma City within three hours too. So most of those kids walked across the stage right into a good paying job. That's what we want. Love that. Let me ask you this, Bruce. Um, the fact that this happened, and I say it got some press in Oklahoma yeah. City. To yeah. your knowledge, have other AFSME locals, I mean, there's like 30,000 truck drivers that lost their yeah. job from Yellow Freight. Is any of this happening in other cities? Is, are, are you spreading the good stuff here around? Spreading the good stuff around. AFSME has done a profile on what we've done in our AFSME Strong magazine and newsletter head. And to my knowledge, I... Uh, I, uh international uh, office in D.C. is reaching out and spreading the word around on not only how to go out and uh, and try to bring the yellow freight drivers in and any other union members who lost jobs and bring them into our pro, into our uh, organization. The only top of that is that they like the uh, the one day process hiring process because all cities all the ASMEs is facing the same thing. It's just the wrong process to be hired in. And so uh, they really loved the, the three-hour of hiring process. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for uh, what you're doing on behalf of workers in Oklahoma City. That's, that's good stuff there. I hope it spreads around. I got a comment here from uh, an article that uh, covered this story. Being a driver at Yellow was a good job, so it was a shocking moment to get laid off. That's uh, Paul Campbell, a new driver with the utilities department. I'm fortunate to be able to go back home with another good union job. I've been so excited that I've been calling everyone to tell them all about it. And that's what we want to do. We want to spread the good news of what unions do. Okay, brother, I'm going to let you go. Please keep in touch with us. Anything else that, that happens like this, give us a call. Okay. We shall do that. Hey, you y'all have a nice day and, and, and uh, continue the good work on broadcasting the good news of union workers around the United States. And, uh, and so we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Amen, brother. AFSCME2406.com is the website. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, more from the International Brotherhood of Teamsters and the United Auto Workers. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.